Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, this is Kevin Kelly, and you are listening to the Stardom Cast. to the Stardom Cast, your weekly audio source of all things World Wonder Ring Stardom. I'm your host, Rob Goodwin, and I'm joined as ever by Matt Turner. Matt, as this is absolutely the first time I've attempted to record the intro to this podcast, how are you? I'm excellent, my friend. We're fumbling and stumbling early, but that's A-OK, because <laughs> this is only episode like 105, and you can combine all the... <laughs> patreon and extra episodes we've only done this 200 times but maybe by the time we get to 5,000 we'll uh, we'll get it but i'm excellent my friend i I hope that you're doing well and as uh we just talked about before we recorded the show this weekend for me for my wrestling fandom is the end of an era as uh this weekend is one of the most uh important and fun wrestling pay-per-views or live events uh in all of wrestling of the year the royal rumble And this will be the first Royal Rumble that I will not be seeing live as it happens since 1995, my good sir. So it's a hell of a run. Hell of a run to be watching the Royal Rumble live. But, uh, yeah, I won't be viewing it as uh, my best friend's bachelor party is uh, is this Saturday. So maybe I'll throw it up on the old Peacock Network on the phone. And as I'm going to the bar, maybe I'll uh, see if I can see, you know, the surprise entrance or whatnot. But, uh, yeah, heck of a a streak. But, uh, yeah, that's what I have going on this weekend. Absolutely. The man has the audacity to have his bachelor party on Royal Rumble weekend. Does he understand what that means, Matt? It's the one pay-per-view where there is a little bit of intrigue in the WWE calendar, the fact that he would have the audacity to throw his bachelor party on that day. Um, but in all seriousness, I hope you have a fantastic time. What have you got planned? Um, it's it's a joint bachelor-bachelorette party. He's 43. His wife-to-be is like 40. Uh, literally, I've literally had the same group of best friends since I was in grade school, which is awesome uh, to just have like just a group of friends like that, that I, we've been so close for so long. So they're doing a joint bachelor bachelorette party. They're doing a, uh, they're renting a giant limo bus. We're bar going to dinner, bar hopping, uh, going to barcade and then doing an ax throwing thing, which reminds me, I have to sign the waiver for the ax throwing. So uh, hopefully <laughs> I won't be too drunk when, uh, when the ax throwing happens because I might be doing next week's show from the hospital, but hey, you know, you got to do what you got to do. But uh, when the it, it wasn't even my buddy's fault when the uh, I, he doesn't even know that it's on the same day as the Royal Rumble. I'm probably going to call him uh, sometime today just to let him know, hey, man, we booked you because it was all of us. He's literally 
he's the nicest guy, Rob, that literally when he got engaged, there was five of us saying, okay, now we have to start preparing the best man speech because he's been the best man at four or five weddings. And he was so heartbroken. He didn't know what to choose for the best man. Man, Aww. So he's like, screw it. It's my wedding. It's screw it. It's my wedding. I'm doing the best men. So we're all giving like four or five like mini speeches. But he's like, no, he's like, you have to go on last because I know you're going to give the best speech. I'm like, damn right. I will. So, uh, <laughs> So yeah, that's what's happening. It's it's uh, when I asked him, I said, "What all were we doing for this?" Because they invited my dad. My dad's awesome, but he was like, "You know, I'm 65. Do I really want to be going to a bachelor party?" And they're like, "No, no, no, no. It's nothing like a bat. You know, a normal bachelor party. It's we're just this is what we're going to be doing. We're just going to be you know tamed." And he was very adamant. He goes, "It's nothing like your son's bachelor party." And uh, my bachelor party, Rob, uh, cannot be told on this show. Maybe on an exclusive Patreon episode, uh, 21 or plus. Uh, my wow. bachelor party <laughs> yeah it was a little i'll give you the finish of my bachelor party right and then we're maybe we'll discuss it some other time but uh so my cousin who really doesn't drink he was the only one that was sober he taps me on the shoulder at around 4 a.m as we're in the gentleman's club and he said uh he gives it to me in wrestling lingo he goes hey you might want to take this home so what do you mean he goes turn around so i turn around and two of my friends that are much bigger stronger weightlifters than i am had the uh, bouncer of said gentleman's club up against the wall and they were trying to throw him out the window. So that was the finish of my bachelor <laughs> party at about quarter after four. So, uh, AM. <laughs> that, that's quite impressive. I mean, I feel like you've left it on a real cliffhanger. Now. I mean, if nothing, ladies and gentlemen, persuades you to join patreon.com forward slash the stardom cast is hearing how Matt's bachelor party resulted in them basically attempting to, lift a man out of a window i mean royal rumble look at i didn't even realize that i did that i basically connected the royal rumble in my bachelor party almost 11 years ago together <laughs> i don't think people understand just how smooth you are with these transitions matt i don't know either <laughs> <laughs> and to those people who still to this day message matt and think that we somehow meet up and discuss these transitions um despite us you know having a whole ocean in between us uh no this is just proof that it's just organic chemistry um but matt obviously this is a stardom podcast let's talk some stardom um but before we do what is coming up on the patreon this week on the patreon this past monday we released the uh, alternate commentary of hair versus hair from the Budokan hall julia defending the wonder of stardom championship versus one tam nakano i had to do this one solo as Rob had a little uh, issue with his bathroom, which you can actually hear on the, we actually just taped it yesterday. So he explains what happened. So another reason why you should join the Patreon to hear Rob's, you should put a camera in your house, buddy. Cause you really, you deserve your own rate. You deserve your own uh, a show, you know, like, it's something, man. But all the garbage that's on the 400 channels on TV, how you don't have your own show, you breaking your foot and breaking dishes right before we're supposed to podcast and, and all this other stuff. It just absolutely amazes me. But uh, honestly, it's, uh, Considering that you're, we've just talked about your bachelor party and how a fight broke out, M me being physically too fat for my own bath and pulling it away from the wall, I feel like it's a really boring way of going down with it. Now we'll spin it. We'll put some. We'll put some like fancy music behind it, buddy. We'll we'll get it going. But uh, so that's what we released on Monday. You were you were well missed on that show, and uh, it's a match that I would definitely like to. Uh, go back and review uh, with you if the demand is there um, to go back and watch and do the alternate commentary. But that's what we released on Monday. 
So what we have coming up in the next few weeks, uh, that's what I'm going to explain right now. And Rob, let me ask you a question. Do you like Starlight Kid, sir? I'm a big fan of Starlight Kid, Matt. Why do you ask? Well, then you have so much in common, not only with me, but the fantastic listeners, the friends and family <laughs> of the Stardom cast, because over the next few days, re- released will be, um, again, I just talked about it, uh, Rob and I did the alternate commentary to Mayu Iwatani versus Starlight Kid from the last uh, five-star Grand Prix. I had an absolute ball uh, doing that with you, my friend. It was great, uh, you know, going back, watching that match with you and adding our own soundtrack. So that'll be coming up on Monday. And sometime between now and the end of the month, it's taped, it's recorded, it's in the can. Starlight Kid High Speed Championship run. Uh, seven matches, five successful title defenses. As always, we review the match she won the belt and the match she lost the belt. So those two will be up in the Patreon feed before the end of the month. And uh, also, um, the February poll has closed for Rivalry Month. So, again, you must all love Starlight Kid because Starlight Kid versus Zumi crushed the poll, ended at number one. So I think what I'll do is just the momentum coming from Starlight Kid. I'll probably release that Rivalry review probably in the middle of the month. And then the end of the month coming in second place was Io Shirai versus Kyrie Hojo, back when Kyrie had a name. Um, so that'll probably come at the end of the month. But if that's not going to give him enough Starlight Kid for you, I gave Rob the task of what matches in what order we're going to be watching for the month of February. So, Rob, why don't you tell the uh, the listeners of the Patreon what the first match in February that we're going to be doing alternate commentary to is. So, in spirit of Starlight Kid and Azumi, we'll be looking back at Yokohama Cinderella back in uh, October 2020. And we'll be doing Starlight Kid versus Zumi for the High Speed Championship. One of my one of my favorite matches. Um, and to my mind, I said this on the Patreon. Um, to my mind, top three best high speed matches ever. And I've never seen that before. And I will not watch that match until Rob and I uh, put our soundtrack to it. So yeah, it just happens. Usually, you know, we usually will do like again March. We're doing everything Momo Watanabe. April, we're doing everything you know. Uh, insane April for uh, Kyrie. It just happens that all this Starlight Kid stuff just happened to line up. And uh, yeah, very popular here with the the folks on the Stardom cast. So that's what we have coming up. Also, just a real quick preview, just a little tease. I've been asked a handful of times if we're going to be doing on the Patreon um, some sort of contest for the upcoming Cinderella tournament. Yes, we will. We'll be talking more about that as we get closer to the Cinderella tournament. But one of the prizes that you can win will be art from my daughter, Lily. I just posted yesterday. She did this phenomenal piece of Aphrodite, Yutami Hayashista and Saya Kamatani. Uh, absolutely blown away just how good she is and just how just so much better at art she's getting. And I also want to say thanks. To, I posted on my personal Facebook. I posted it on my Twitter and my Instagram. And I just want to th- thank everybody for all the nice comments, the retweets, the shares, the likes. That I mean, you know, my daughter, she's an 18-year-old female teenager, so she struggles with like with confidence issues. As a, and not only that, but when you're 18 years old, Rob, you're trying to figure out what you want to go in life. And when I show her all these likes and retweets and all these nice things, it really bumps her confidence up. And that, I can't say thank you enough. That really, really uh, you know, helps her out knowing that's what she's going to go for and probably what she wants to do for the rest of her life. And also, too, last night before I went to bed, I uh, got a like from the Red Queen herself, Yutami Hayashista, on the artwork. So that really, really pumped her up when I showed her, up, when I showed her that this morning. So, again, I, I can't thank you enough for all the, uh, the kind words that everybody says. 
I mean, you you uh, you showed me last night, and she the color she's using is incredible. The shadow, especially on Utami, looks absolutely incredible. She's uh, I said to you, it's uh, it makes me a little bit jealous that she's that good at something. Um, but I'm made up for her. You know, she fully deserves. She's very very talented girl, and uh, yeah, I mean, what better prize for this upcoming Cinderella? Yeah, absolutely. So again, we'll talk more about that later because there's a. Uh... Folks, hang on to the Patreon because there's a there's a lot of revamping. Me and Rob talk about every day. We got a lot of really cool things coming up in the next few months with updating and upgrading the Patreon. But we're just trying to iron things out. We don't want to let the uh, we don't want to let the sauce out until it's fully cooked. If I'm going to use an Italian term here, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We've uh, we've got some fantastic ideas going on, and uh, yeah let's say let's say second quarter of this year is going to be very very exciting for fans of the stardom cast um let's kick in to some news then and tickets are unsurprisingly selling very very well for the upcoming supreme fight 2023 pay-per-view um the website currently is saying that the only tickets the only advanced tickets aren't sold out are um some of the limited to age 25 tickets and the arena A seats. Uh, the front row VIP are sold out. Arena S seats are sold out. Front row seats on the second floor sold out. Second floor stand A sold out. Uh, female only seats A and B are sold out. Under 25 uh, seats in arena A are sold out. And all the family seats are sold out. And they have, but underneath it, no same day tickets will be sold and uh, we're going to be doing our full preview of the show uh, next week because obviously this show is the 4th of february but you know this it's a stacked card anyway and i think both of us have commented on how good this card actually is matt but yeah absolutely i'm sorry go ahead. no it's absolutely fine sorry <laughs> it was a really inopportune moment for a burp to come out so i i apologize um <laughs> i try to co- i try to cover your disgust but go ahead buddy. honestly i I appreciate that, man. I appreciate you uh, you covering my botch there. Um, but yeah, I, I wonder how much of this as well is to do with the return of cheering to stardom because it can't be undersold just how long we've waited for cheering back in stardom. I think it's a perfect storm between that, between you literally have the wrestler that they've been wanting pretty much to put the red belt on, and they did it at the perfect time uh you have this untold unfinished story with her and suzu suzuki on top you have uh co-main eventing and obviously we'll get into more into this next week and i'm so excited to preview uh this show co-main eventing saya kamatani trying to break the record up against momo watanabe and there's so many different diverse storylines go into that i actually wrote an article that i'm still waiting for rob to read to make sure it's not dog crap to put on the website oh so, i've read it um, i have actually read it i've read it people come on <laughs> just forgot to tell matt i've read it <laughs> tell me on, t- t- tell me on air is it okay no dreadful nah, it's, no it's fine it's fine it's fine <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to review your books. Oh, baby. I'm going to make my comeback, baby. <laughs> All 57 of them. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that'll, I just have to finish editing that, but that'll be up on the uh, the Stardom Cast website probably the next few days. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, you have that match. You have a, a tag match. It's just going to be hard hitting. That whole uh, card is just completely stacked. And not only that, but you have, like, a mini rumble where the winner's going to get a title shot. We don't know who's winning. 
what title shot they're, they're going for. They, you know, they're running a really good venue. It's Supreme Fight slash the 12th anniversary. So you have all these storylines just melding together. And I didn't know what tickets were selling. Um, obviously, um, I literally learned most of my news from this, this podcast. So thanks, buddy. Um, <laughs> but I know we... Yeah, what a guy. What a guy, folks. He should write books. Um, <laughs> so, but uh, I know we talked about a few weeks ago if this show would do over 3000 and i think we both said yes so i just kind of want to just pick your brain you're looking at all the tickets and the wage tracking you think what do you think i'm just guessing just throw it out there there's no you know no right or wrong answer here but based on what you just said how many tickets do you think were already pre-sold for this show like in just the ballpark figure oh um I, honestly i couldn't tell you i i don't know the full wrestling capacity of the eddie and arena i think I think it's about. I think we said between five and a half and six thousand, but I don't know. Uh, obviously, what the COVID restrictions are going to be and what a COVID sellout will be at Eddie and Arena. So, uh, I would be very, very surprised if we look under three thousand for this. I'd say you're looking at three thousand two hundred. I reckon we get wow. for this. Um, because again, not only is it a stacked card, you've got Julia on top, you know, finally having won the red belt against her rival Suzu Suzuki. You've got all that history between Saya Kamatani and Momo Watanabe and the white belt. Um, you've got, like you mentioned, that rumble, that um, sort of gauntlet singles match. Love that idea, something completely new. Um, yeah, it's going to be really, really, really exciting. And again, I think the uh, the fact that we get cheering again will be. Uh, will be sort of helping along those uh, those ticket sales. We'll move on then a little bit because the Shoe Pro Fan Awards have been announced. And again, I just want to make perfectly clear, these are fan-voted awards. Um, but there's been some interesting, uh, some interesting people in interesting categories. So just in terms of stardom for a minute, um, the Women's Grand Prix, has been won by Suri. Um, for the second year in a row, the best unit for both men and women has been won by Cosmic Angels. Um, and the Newcomer Award has been won by Miyu Amasaki. So congratulations to Miyu and to Suri. Um, but we've got some other categories here. And I'll be perfectly honest, thank you to at KieranRH93 on Twitter because I have uh, I've screenshotted these just so I didn't have to uh, go through all of them. Um, so just in terms of stardom wrestlers, um, the favourite wrestler um, in fourth place, we had Tam Nakano, um, fifth, Starlight Kid, seven, Yunagi Sayaka, um, 8, Mina Shirakawa, 10, Julia, 11, Natsupoi, 12, Sayakamatani, 13, Mayu Iwatani, and four, and 18, sorry, Yutami Hayashishta. Um, the Shupro Fan Awards for Best Match. Um, in 10th place, we have got Mayu versus Kyrie from Historic Crossover. We have also got Julia versus Suzu Suzuki, from the um, five-star final, the 1st of October. And then in fourth place, we have got Natsupoi versus Tam from Fight in the Top, which I thought was quite an interesting addition to this. Um, just for a little bit of uh, context, Okada versus Osprey, the G1 final with number one. Um, El Desperado versus Kasai from the Just Tap Out show, um, which got a lot of 
a lot of uh, a lot of buzz. I know that. And then Tanahashi versus Kenta from Wrestle Kingdom 16 rounded out the top three. Last couple of uh, of categories, and then I'll throw to you, Matt. Um, in terms of the best foreigner, that was perhaps unsurprisingly won by Will Ospreay. Um, but in tenth place, which was nice to see, was Tekla. So it's nice to see her getting the recognition she deserves. And as I've already mentioned, obviously, the uh, best unit was won by Cosmic Angels with Oeritai in third place, which was nice to see. Um, Prominence coming in at seven and Queen's Quest coming in at ten. Uh, what is your opinion of that, Matt? Let's get the negative thing out of the way and I think that everybody, I don't know what's going on in the water over there in Japan. Queen's Quest number 10. Uh, <laughs> I think you have, I think you have, I, I think you take away the zero there. You're, you're somewhat right. You have a one and zero. Take the zero away. <laughs> Queen's Quest number one, bow down. But uh, what, Cosmic Angels finishing as the top unit, Tam being number four. So I believe she's the number one Joshi wrestler on that list. Correct me if I'm wrong, Rob. Yep, she is. Tanahashi, Naito, and Okada are one, two, and three. And then her match was the, I'm assuming Shuri and Julia from Dream Queendom probably didn't make the cutoff date because uh, I figured that would have been higher up and I didn't hear you announce it. So I'm assuming maybe they had a cutoff date um, for this. But it sounded like Tam and Natsupoy was, was that the highest ranked Joshi match? It was indeed, yeah. Well, what does that tell you? What I've been saying on this podcast for a year, all Tam's world and we're just living in it. That's <laughs> a good one. Uh, shockingly, though, that she had, and again, hey, Starlight like Kid was number five, proving our theory we just talked about 15 minutes ago. <laughs> Everybody stars loves Starlight Kid, and I think we even talked about it when we did our alternate commentary of her and Mayu, again, which is dropping uh, this Monday, is that Starlight Kid is so good and so charismatic, it literally is only going to take like a blink of an eye before they turn her to super baby face. Um, like they always say, the best heels make the best baby faces, and that's so true. And I literally think she's, they could, anytime they want to pull the trigger on her to maybe be a, be a top baby face, it's not going to take much. But I'm shocked Yunaki was very high up there as well. And I'm a little shocked that Mayu, like never finishes like in the top five of these categories. Like I understand like Tanahashi, Okada, Naito are so loved. And I, I get that. And they're on the biggest stage. But I always figure Mayu, she's just like such a fan favorite. I always figured that she'd finish in the top four or five of these, but um, she still finished with a pretty good number. But uh, yeah, again, it's fan voted. I'm not going to get too upset over it. I'm not going to lose any sleep. I will um, probably maybe slam something uh, once we're off this podcast that they voted <laughs> Queen's Quest, the number 10 unit. I believe I looked at it, the fact that they had House of Torture two or three stages above Queen's Quest. I don't know what's going on, but uh, I'm, I'll get over it, folks. I'm a, you know, I'm a big boy. <laughs> Karen Peterson is absolutely livid somewhere. Um... <laughs> Hi, Karen. <laughs> so our friend of the show, Armani Shoe Exchange, did this last year where they... Uh, um, they sort of analyzed the the movers and the shakers of these awards. And it's always interesting to know the breakdown. Um, and they've said, actually, that in terms of the top 50 favorite wrestlers, um, the voting trend looks like this. So in terms of all 50, 17 were from New Japan, four from Nowhere, three were freelance, two were from Tokyo Joshi Pro, one from Freedoms, one from All Japan, one from Secret Base, and one from WWE, and 20 from Stardom. So 40% of that top 50 are Stardom wrestlers, which is quite the achievement. That's a change of plus five 
from last year um, where they had obviously 15, as did New Japan. But this time, obviously, Stardom are far and away the uh, the most represented. In terms of the individual movers who have uh, got more additional votes, Suzu Suzuki has 19 more, Kairi has 18 more, Wakasuki Yama, which I'm very proud to see, has got 16 more, Saikamatani 14 more, and then we've got Natsupoy at 9, Himika at 9, Hazuki at 8, and Kogama with six more than last year. So it's good to see a lot more uh, a lot more recognition for stardom this year, Matt. I mean, what, what do you want me to say? Stardom was number one. I've been, tell, I've been telling everybody that for a year. There's nobody hot flying the Stardom flag bigger than bigger and better than me. Um, but yeah, it's nice to see that they had what five more than New Japan that was finished uh, second. So I mean, it just goes to show. We talk about it all the time: the growth of this company, just the quality of this company, the booking of this company, uh, just the matches that they're putting on, the the storylines. I mean, this company is literally firing at all cylinders. And again, I said at nausea uh, last year, and I'll probably say it again this year. This is what Stardom did in 2022 is one of the greatest single years I've ever seen from any wrestling company in my 35 years of being just obsessed with professional wrestling. And I, I find it hard pressed that they're not going to have just as good, if not a better 2023. Absolutely. And thank you again to Armani Shoe Exchange for those trends. Um, final bit of news, and this comes of courtesy of Redleaf Retrocast, whose Twitter handle I've completely forgotten um, because I've somehow cropped it out of the photo. So I think it's Bowling JD. I think. Uh, go and follow them on Twitter. But they've summarized some uh, notes from the Wrestling Observer Radio. Um, and there's some information in terms of Mercedes Monet. Now, obviously, we know that she is due to wrestle Kyrie at Battle in the Valley on the 13th of February. Um, 18th of February. 18th of February, I think. Um, but she's actually booked for two more dates. So she's booked for the Yokohama Arena Show in April for Stardom. And she's also booked on a New Japan show at Sumo Hall again in April. Now, presumably that is the show that is ordinarily um, Sakura Genesis, um, but was Hyper Battle, I believe, last year. But it looks like we have got Mercedes Monet for the Yokohama Arena show, Matt. Another big name to put to that match. Hopefully, um, we'll see Mercedes Monet going into the Stardom Rumble, entering at five and being eliminated with very little pomp and circumstance. I imagine that's how they'll use her, Matt. I wasn't thinking that way, but as always, <laughs> Rossi Ogawa, give, 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 give this man the book. And I just mean, I don't mean the many books he's already writing. I mean, let this man <laughs> book Stardom. There it is, folks. Uh, I mean, probably the second best booking thing I've heard on this show in the last two weeks. Obviously my uh, dream of Waka winning the red belt uh, <laughs> that I booked last week did not happen. I missed opportunity, boy, I tell you, but uh, yeah. Um, what does that, I mean, does that mean she beats Kyrie for the bell or it's just like, maybe she loses at the battle in the Valley, the Cal the San Jose show. And then they build her back up here. You know, they gave her a win over, I mean, geez, the litany of people that they can put her up in the ring against. And then they, she has a really, really big match at the uh, the Yokohama show. 
So I mean, there's a bunch of different things they can do, a bunch of different things that uh, that, that 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 they can go with it. Regardless, I think it's super exciting because I I totally see her being on the Dominion show, and I see her being booked in the future because I think she's gonna have a really good match with Kyrie. I mean, there's no way that match can be bad. And I think that's what Mercedes wants right now. I mean, she had she's getting paid very very well, and obviously she's made tons of money on her previous WWE run, and she earned every cent of that. And uh, she has all these other endeavors that she's she's involved in. So financially, she's going to be well set off. I think where he, what where where her priority lies is she just wants to go on and put like the best matches she's ever had. She's had some barn burners in NXT and WWE, but you know she had this one with Kyrie. We know we're going to get one with Mayu. She mentioned Dazumi, Utami's a match, a Julia. I mean, what if? Uh, Say she loses this match to uh, Kyrie, right? And hey, whatever. She's the type of person that can lose this match, and it's not going to hurt her. And then she wins that New Japan match. She wins the match at Yokohama. Uh, she has a couple wins in New Japan and Stardom. And then maybe, like, right after the five-star, uh, she has a red belt match against Julia. And, you know, maybe that she puts Julia, and that maybe that's her last match before she eventually goes back to WWE, which I think that's what she's going to ultimately uh, do. I think she just wants to have these barn burner matches. Um, there's a lot there that they can do. I'm really, really excited to see. Um, yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe she does enter the Rumble, and she's eliminated at five. I mean, that's a possibility they can go with <laughs> as well. But, but, hey, we'll see. And our job here, folks, because we love you, is we're going to bring you bring you all of it with our opinions as well. So, And we'll see if Rob's right or wrong. <laughs> Imagine if I'm right. Um, I mean, what that tells me is that they are going all out for this Yokohama Arena show, and of course you would. Of course you, of course you would. Um it's another big match as well. You've got the red belt match, you've got the white belt match, and then you have got this mercedes Monet singles match. Whether it's for a belt or whether it's just a special singles match, you throw anyone in that match. Mayu, Hazuki, um, Azumi even. They are fantastic matchups that bring more eyes to the pay-per-view. Um, I mean, if there was more prestige around the SWA belt, she would be perfect to hold that SWA belt because that way then she can wrestle all of the stardom roster. Hell, I know that she uh, name-dropped um, Yamashita from uh, TJPW. Like, wrestle her. Wrestle her for yeah. it at the New Japan show at Sumo Hall. It'd be perfect. Um, Jungle Kiona's back. Jungle Kiona's back in Japan. I would love to see that match. Absolutely. Touting a GHC women's division. So, you know what? Bring them all together. Um, but yes. Did you see Did you see the ticket prices for this Yokohama show, Rob? I didn't, no. I, somebody tweeted at me and sent me a picture of how much they're going for. Now, I don't know what this would be in, uh, in British pounds, but American money, front row tickets, $2,300. For the Yokohama show? Yeah, for the Ooh. Stardom Yokohama show, and I believe I don't know if they've sold out, I or it's a pre-sale, but that's that's what was, and it was tweeted at me from multiple different people, and I don't know, and I apologize that I didn't get who tweeted at me. So whether that's true or not, I don't know, but it was like twenty-two or twenty-three hundred dollars, which goes to show me that they're going to probably bring in other people outside of Mercedes Monet. I would not be shocked to see them bring in some other big name if they're going to be like wheeling and dealing on this show. That's an outrageous amount of money, um, especially when you consider it's a huge venue. So if they can get all those tickets gone, that's a huge, huge chunk of profit. Um, let's move on then. Let's look at two shows that we are going to be reviewing today. 
We're going to start with New Blood 7 from Friday the 20th of January 2023 from Bell Cell at Takadano Baba in Tokyo with an attendance of 307 people. A slightly disappointing attendance, um, but they more than made up for that with the sellout that they would do the following night. Um, I'll read through the results and then Matt will go through it and pick out what we like about the matches. So, uh, match one, singles match, Rina defeating Moran with the Pink Devil in 7 minutes and 16 seconds. Uh, match two saw Ruwaka defeat Marika Kobashi with the Freezer Bomb in 6 minutes and 34 seconds. Uh, match three was the Passion Injection match. Nene Takahashi defeating Waka Sukiyama with the Refrigerator Bomb in 11 minutes and 43 seconds. We then had four quarterfinals for the new New Blood Tag Team Championships. So Nanami and Amisori defeated Momoka Hanazano and Momo Kogo with the Blue Thunder Bomb in 11 minutes and 53 seconds. Uh, Chan Yota and Mei Sakurai defeated the Queen's Quest team of Lady C and Hina with Mei Sakurai adopting that dreadful elbow drop again in 9 minutes and 5 seconds. Starlight Kid and Karma defeated the Club Venus team of Zaya Brookside and Mariah May, with Karma getting the pinfall with the Schoolboy in 12 minutes and 26 seconds. And then finally, in our main event, a predictably fantastic match, the Godzai team of Mirai and Tomoka Inaba defeated the Wingori team of Hanan and Sayaida, with Mirai getting the pinfall with the Miramare Shock over Sayaida in 12 minutes and 2 seconds uh plenty to talk about coming out of this match matt whether it be stuff sorted for the yokohama budokan show which obviously they've got coming up in march new blood premium um down to just general match quality which i thought on the whole give or take the odd match was fairly decent yeah uh, i thought this was the best of the seven uh, new blood shows the first two or three were pretty good i think three um uh, four and five kind of missed the mark. Six was a, got a little bit better. This to me was hands down the best New Blood Seven show, and it's a shame that the attendance was down at this point for three hundred seven people because uh, whoever didn't go to the show missed the heck of a show. But yeah, I enjoyed everything. I mean, that's I mean, we don't have to spend all day on it, but I just kind of just want to get some star ratings. Like uh, Rena and Moran, you said that she's what only thirteen, fourteen years old. She is indeed. So their combined age is uh, about eleven years less than my. Uh, Correct. how long i've been on the planet but i thought it was really really good uh strike could have been a little bit better from uh the two of them but obviously they will get there i had this one at three and a quarter stars i really enjoyed it for a uh an opener i had three stars i thought they both did very very well you mentioned the strike it, it doesn't strike me pun intended as oh, what a oh, guy. honestly yes. man honestly yes. i'm here all week um <laughs> i don't i don't feel like striking is um is he the woman's main game, to be perfectly honest? But I do think Rena did the whole heel shtick very, very well here. You really did sort of hate her by the end um, when she's pinned Moran with the Pink Devil. But overall, three stars thought both women did very, very well. Um, the next match, the Kabashi versus Ruaka match, um, uh, I did think of you when uh, literally the first move was Kabashi doing uh, her version of the Kabashi chops in the in the uh, in the corner. Again, uh, like we talked about when we previewed this last week, I've never seen Kabashi wrestle before. But the fact that I'm watching a match from somebody by the name of Kabashi that I'm going to be reviewing for this podcast 
and she was wearing orange and she had a fantastic entrance. She, I wasn't sure what type of music. And then halfway through it turned like a metal thing. She started headbanging. I'm not going to lie. When I was watching this match, I was a few beers in and my tolerance isn't what it used to be. So I literally stood up in my living room and started chanting Kobashi, Kobashi, <laughs> as if it was 1994 and I was in the Nippon Budokan hall. And my wife looked at me in utter disgust as she should have. Um, yeah, she starts off with the machine gun chops, and then uh, the match to me kind of was all downhill. I just didn't think these two gelled very well together. I thought uh, Kabashi, she had a very uh, striking presence. I thought she seemed very comfortable in her own shoes, but just seemed like these two didn't gel well. I'd like to see her in the ring again, maybe with uh, you know a Hanan or a Tomoka, Inaba, uh, something you know Marai, someone of that nature, because I just think that this wasn't the best way to showcase her here. Uh, I gave this one the gentleman's three stars. Yeah, nothing nothing dreadfully special or uh, things you should go out of your way to see. It is worth noting, of course, that this was initially supposed to be a three-way, um, but then Lady C got taken out because of the Mio Amasaki injury. Um, yeah, it was fine, but, you know, I was... I was more interested in the match that followed it, which, of course, was the Passion Injection match, Nene Takahashi and Wakasukiyama, which... I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. We predicted on the uh, on the preview show that it would be just as it was for Lady C. We predicted this would be the best Wakasukiyama singles match, and I think it absolutely was, Matt. I literally had my first note, must discuss with Rob, that was this Waka's best match, very much like Lady C was. And of course, an ocean between us, and you're looking at my notes, but yes, this was the best Waka singles match as uh, she took a beating here. But as uh, ever since uh, Nene Takahashi's been back, you know, uh, on the starting roster, has no problem giving a good majority of the match to uh, to her opponents, and uh, that just that just you know she's been winning a majority of her matches, so that just goes to make her look better as she builds her opponent up and then beats her. But this was definitely the best Waka match. I thought this was really really good. We all knew Waka wasn't winning, but once again. A lot of that crowd bit on these falsies, man. I tell you, she's just so damn good. So damn good. But I thought it was really good. I thought the post-match stuff was really good between the two of them. I had this one at three and three-fourth stars. Yeah, absolutely. I've got it at the same. Um, You know, we talk about this quite a lot. It's not necessarily that you lose. It's how you lose. And I feel like, you know, for Waka, who bless her, has spent the last 18 months looking at the lights, um, she's... She certainly carved herself a little popularity niche in doing so. And I think this storyline with Cosmic Angels, this storyline with Tam giving her this ultimatum, and that date getting closer and closer and closer um, has really added to her matches. It's really added to the story. It's added to her desperation. It's added to the fire that she brings to her matches. And, of course, after this match, Nene gives her all the credits in the world. I thought Nene did really well, actually, in this match and gave Wacker a lot, uh, just like she did with the Lady C match. I've said before, and I'll say again, this is the perfect spot for Nene Dagashi. Don't give her belts. This is what she should be doing, putting over the younger talent or the less experienced talent, or not even necessarily losing to them, but just, you know, giving them their best singles matches and getting them to learn from it. But she puts Wacker over, and then Wacker's in tears. Um, she says she wants to take on Nene Takahashi one more time at New Blood Premium at Yokohama Budokan. So that looks like it is going to be confirmed, that singles match. That will be the final match 
of the three months that Tam gave Wacker to show some improvement and win or leave Cosmic Angels? And this has thrown up a load of questions. We had quite a few in our Discord, actually, about, okay, so what happens here? Does Wacker Sukiyama beat Nene Takahashi? Or does Wacker leave Cosmic Angels? I mean, we saw both Tam and Mina Shirakawa out with her, um, sort of offering their support. Obviously, Mina Shirakawa is still with Cosmic Angels at the moment. But it did look to me, and it might be because I'm just looking for stuff, but it did seem that Mina was far more supportive of Wacker than Tam was, Matt. Yeah, I think maybe just because Tam is the group leader and she just keeps losing. You know, we mentioned it before, if you're the, if you're the captain of your football slash soccer team and the goalie keeps just keeps just giving up, you know, eight goals, nine goals, ten goals, and you're going to be more on them and more, you know, frustrated than you are, like, you know, somebody that's, you know, third or fourth tier, you know, on your team. So that's a possibility here. But you mentioned the question just a minute ago there, my friend. What happens here? Now, I don't think Nene, other than her getting beat by Shuri when they had that uh, World Stardom Championship match, I don't think she took a fall in the uh, the tag league. I think that was all you. I could be wrong. And I don't think she's taken a fall yet in the uh, in the Triangle Derby. Regardless, even if she has, there's been very few people that have been able to pin her in stardom in the last five or six months. So does Waka go on that list? Does she beat her here? Or does she lose a close one again? And then she gets kicks she gets kicked out of Cosmic Angels. Maybe she pulls a Yunagi and she goes on excursion for a couple months and then comes back, or maybe she goes to Club Venus. I don't know. I don't know which way they're going. But damn, buddy, I'm intrigued. I'm hooked, line, and sinker. When they do that show on the 25th of March at New Blood New Blood Premium, which sounds like a, a cheap beer, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna be really, I'm gonna be really intrigued on which way they go. So yeah, it's uh, they're doing a great job with this Walker storyline because there's so many different ways they can go, and I, again, I have no idea which way they're going. It would be so good for Nene Takahashi who's had one pinfall since she's been in back in stardom. I mean, they haven't lost a match yet, 7-up, in the um, in the Triangle Derby, the 3-0. and And yeah, in the Goddess of Storm and Tag League, I believe it was you that took all of the pinfalls. So for her to be built so strong, and then for Wacker to pin her at the Yokohama Budokan, they wouldn't, would they? But it would it's be... It's not going to hurt. It, yeah, it's not going to hurt Nene at all. It would be such a scalp. For Wacker, she's never won a match. And to affect, you know, to pin the longest reigning red belt champion of all time. And that be your first scalp in stardom. And then have the ability to turn around to Tam and go, nah, you're all right. I'm going with Club Venus. Like, that gives a lot of power to Wacker. Do I see that happening? I, I, I don't know. I mean, you have got to do something special. Me? You, personally. <laughs> <laughs> to do good numbers on the back of the New Blood brand to do good numbers at the Yokohama Budokan. That's that's my main concern at the moment, is that the Yokohama Budokan, you know, can hold 1,500, 1,600 people from what I can remember in terms of COVID. If you want to get near that number, and I, I, I will say now, I I don't think they will. I think you're looking at more 700, 800. But just on the back of the New Blood brand, if they were to add title matches on there, that's a different that's a different story. 
but this gives it that level of intrigue. I mean, this is the match I'm most looking forward to. I don't care about the New Blood tag titles now. I am just into this match. I mean, does she go to a time limit draw, maybe? Oh, you just threw something else in there. Oh, man. Well, Robert, you already had a crazy booking idea. I had a crazy booking idea uh, last show. I'm going to come up with another crazy booking idea. You ready for this? I don't know, Matt. Well, too bad. I'm going to give it to you because everyone loves our crazy booking ideas, nonsensical booking ideas. So Waka wins. Tim's like, congratulations, you're staying here. Walker gives her the DX crotch chop, and then you hear, <laughs> break it down, and Waka joins DX. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of Waka doing what lovely, innocent Waka doing that. Waka, who was in tears at the end of the IWGP Women's Championship match just because she was so emotional. And she did. <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest, that, that probably is what's going to happen. Um, yeah, I love it. <laughs> I am intrigued. Um, but yeah, three and three quarter stars. I thought this was really, really, really well done. Um, again, this is exactly what Nene Takahashi should have been brought back to do. Um, let's kick into this New Blood tournament quarterfinals then. Obviously, that first match was uh, Nanami and Amisori going over um, Momoka Hanazano and Momo Kogo. Um, what do you think, Matt, of this? I know this is pretty good. I always jokingly give, whenever I review these Hanazoa matches, I always say she uses the bubble gun, the bubble gun in front of the ref, and she should be disqualified. I kind of say that tongue-in-cheek, <laughs> but they actually distracted the ref when she brought up the bubble gun. <laughs> I was like, brilliant! Finally, this is... Uh, uh, overall, though, I thought this was solid. Momo, the, these shows are so good for, like, the middle, middle card of stardom. Like, we'll talk about how great Mei Sakurai was. Uh, obviously, I know you didn't like the finish, but, like, Momo Kogo, Mei Sakurai, like, all these people that are in the middle card of stardom that only get, like, five or six minutes or if they're in a big multi-person match, they're overshadowed. And rightfully so, like, a Hazuki and Mayu. But I thought Momo Kogo in these New Blood shows, I thought she was great. I thought Ami Sori's great. Nanami, I've only seen a little bit of. Uh, obviously, she's still very young in the business, has a way to go, but has a lot of potential. But overall, I thought this was a solid match. I had it at three and a half stars. Yeah, me too. Um, it was slightly overshadowed by Izumi coming out at the end, which was a little bit of a shame. But I'm more than happy that um, they're giving a little bit more of a spotlight on Nanami. Um I thought Momo Kogo, again, looked really, really good in this. Um, she continues to improve, um, becoming a really solid member of Stars. And actually, I thought um, the H&M's versus Prominence match, which we're going to talk about, I thought she did an absolutely stellar job, as did Hannon um, during that match. It's one of my favorite matches of the tournament so far, actually. But um, overall, I think the right choice Um God's eye having really strong representation in this tournament. Um, but post-match, Izumi comes out, challenges Momoka Hanazano, who, of course, um, previously challenged for the high-speed belt unsuccessfully. Um, Azumi invites her to take part in a Falls Count Anywhere match at Stardom in Showcase Volume 4, which is due to take place on February the 26th in Kobe. So we've got confirmation of Stardom in Showcase Volume 4 and... I think the first confirmed match is going to be Azumi versus Momoka Hanazano um, in that false count anywhere match. And their match for the high speed belt was fantastic. So I'm looking forward to this false count anywhere match. I'll be honest, you know, 
I've made no secret that the Stardom in Showcase shows are they're not my favourite bit of Stardom, but this this has the potential to be very good, Matt. Yeah, I can see them doing some high speed stuff like on the outside or like on a rampway or on a bike or whatever the heck they do on these or <laughs> going down a staircase. Remember poor Mayu, uh, she she got kicked down ninety four uh, flights of stairs or like Arwen Kogama did the slide on the giant inflatable slide. I wouldn't be shocked if the finish is Izumi just locking uh, Hanazono in the Izumi Sushi, and she does the Izumi Sushi all the way down the slide, and then once they get to the end, that's where the ref is and counts three. I think that'll probably be the finish. <laughs> that's a great but, uh, idea. Yeah, regard- regardless, it should be fun. Yeah, it's these Stardom and Showcase shows we've talked about in this podcast before. That's kind of like their own thing. It's kind of almost like uh, Bizarro World, uh, if you want to reference comics here. It's kind of like you know their, their own... Uh, kind of fun little thing but uh i just i'd rather start them proper but yeah wh- whoever the other two people are going to be involved in this falls con anywhere match so it'll probably be a, a four-way like how they have been i'm sure it'll be a lot of fun sorry i've just seen on our discord um that it looks like from today the 26th yeah the 26th the government in japan is making adjustments to effectively lift the restrictions on the spread of the new coronavirus so it's possible to cheer and encourage with a loud voice when the seats are full we will continue to ask you to wear a mask at the venue but yeah looks like it's taking effect from the 27th wow breaking news wow good one you're like a news hound off and news hound all around good guy Sorry, Velkage had put it on the Discord, and the for some strange reason, I'm not getting the notifications, so I'm not ignoring you guys. Um, but yeah, that's that's amazing. That's really, really, really good news. So, oh my God, we're getting cheering back, Matt. Yeah, overall, hey, that's great. That's great, because I can only cheer so much from my living room, folks. I can only drink so many beers at 3 a.m. and yelling, Kobashi, Kobashi, <laughs> but I'm doing... I'm doing my part, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. And we appreciate that, Matt, of course. <laughs> uh, let's move on then. So the next core final was the debut of Chan Yota. Um, and she teamed with Mei Sakurai, defeating the Queen's Quest team of Lady C and Hina. Um, it was fairly obvious that Chan Yota was very nervous, um, as you would be. It's your debut match. Um, for stardom, I think though she looked okay. They did a lot of the whole sort of strength thing. She does appear to be ungodly strong. Um, There was a couple of moments where she was in the wrong position. Um, There was one very telling moment where Lady C physically had to move her into position. Um, But overall, it was was fine. Um, Unfortunately, of course, we did end up with a diving elbow drop. Don't do it anymore, Mei Sakurai. You've got the really cool leg drop. Use that. Don't use the diving elbow drop anymore. Yeah, we thought we were done with that. I think I even texted you as soon as that move happened, and I was like, I think she's removing that to add this in. And then I, sorry, buddy, I I think I gave you a false sense of hope. But as far as this match goes, this match so overachieved because you have, obviously, Chen Yoda's never worked, uh, never tagged with Mei Sakurai before, at least in this stardom setting. Lady C and Hina was literally put together last minute, even though they are members of uh, Queen's Quest, who, by the way, again, should be way higher than number 10 on that list. Regardless... Uh, I thought Lady C and Hina were fantastic together. I thought Mei Sakurai looked great here. Uh, yeah, Chan Yoda was off on a few little things here or there, but I thought Lady C and Hina did a really good job covering up. I really enjoyed this match. There was a lot of 
two counts towards the end of this match, which just goes to show how important this match was on the card and the tournament, that they were really trying to get a pinfall. These four ladies were trying to get a pinfall by any means necessary. But uh, for a nine-minute match, I thought this was great. It was the perfect spot in the card. I had it three and three-fourth stars. Again, I thought this match overachieved, and I absolutely enjoyed myself. Yeah, I thought it was decent. I thought it was a really good um, sort of opening stand for Chan Yota. They're clearly very hot on Chan Yota because even though sort of sponsors weren't happy about her past and um, she was pulled from previous cards, you know, they've bought her back. So, you know, if they weren't particularly bothered, they wouldn't have bothered bringing her back. So the fact that they have shows that they are hot on her. She's gone through into the semifinals. She's going to be in a prominent position um, at the Yokohama Budokan show because both semifinals and the final will take place on that show. So, yeah, it was it was fine. It wasn't the strongest of the quarterfinals, but it did its job. And, uh, yeah, kudos to Lady C and Hina for teaming up and doing a good job, despite being thrown together at the last minute. Um, Starlight Kid and Karma versus Club Venus, then. The first thing we need to talk about, Matt... Oh my god, the karma voice. Oh my god. What are they doing with that character? Uh, I have no idea, buddy, but that might have been really the only negative thing about this match. I think maybe they're just, they were going for a Kane 1997 thing. Because uh, that's that's kind of where it was coming from. I was like, oh. At first, I thought there was something wrong with my TV. Because what happened was, I actually, when I was getting ready for work and just doing some stuff around the house, I was I put the show on. And I caught the tail end. So I was watching it live. I caught the tail end of the previous match. So this match started. And then by the time I got done watching it, because it was so good, I thought this was the main event. But, uh, yeah, if you want my opinion on the voice, I don't know what to tell you, buddy. I really I really don't. But uh, what would you think about the match? I thought the match was really good, actually. I thought it's the best we've seen Karma, and that's because Karma literally toned down any of the ridiculousness. We didn't have any fireballs or anything like that. Um, I we thought- did. Oh man, don't tell! Oh yes, of course we did because that's yeah. how we got to the finish. Um, yeah, but you but know, the psychology behind the fireball I thought was great. I liked how the spot they used for it. It was better, yeah. Um, I, th- I did like Zay Brooks and Mariah May refusing to get into the ring with uh, Karma because she was scary, um, but only wanted to get in with Starlight Kid because she was cute. Um, and then Starlight Kid beating them up, which I thought was quite funny. Um, but overall, again, this was a match that. I wasn't sure about going in, and I keep saying this about Karma, and it's not fair because Umasaki is a very talented wrestler. It's just this gimmick is very ill thought out, um, as proved by the ridiculous voice changer stuff. If you haven't seen it, please go and check it out. It's free on YouTube. The the voice changer stuff is hilarious. Um, But overall, I thought it was far better chemistry between Kid and Karma, and I thought Club Venus, again, proved how well they are gelling as a team. Yeah, I thought Zay Brooks and Mariah May were great. I thought that opening exchange between Starlight Kid and Mariah May was very high speed esque. And Mariah May was her timing was perfect. She was there for everything. She was there for everything. And I think I texted you either after this match or sometime later in the day that like Starlight Kid on these new blood shows can go 75-80%. And nobody would bat an eye. She still would be the best worker. But on a lot of these shows, she goes pretty close to a hundred. And here she was like a hundred to hundred and ten percent. She was like Starlight Kid, you know, on a big show in front of like 3,000 people, even though there was only 300 here. She was so good here. She made 
Zaya Brookside looked good. She made Mariah May look good. All of her stuff with Karma, I thought was really good. This was hands down the best we've seen of Karma. And I talked about before on this on the show that if she's going to be Yumasaki, Karma, whatever you want to call her, she's going to be in a way to tie. She needs to meld the two personas together. She needs to be not as like crazy and not as Kane nineteen ninety seven as the Karma character, and as Yumasaki, she needs to be a little bit more aggressive. And I think that's what we got here. I thought this was fantastic. This was, other than probably the Mirai Suzu Suzuki match from New Blood, I think it was three or four, probably my favorite New Blood match uh, ever. I l- absolutely love this match, the way that they built up towards the finish. Again, uh, Karma having some problem with the fireball. Go watch your Jerry Lawler videos because uh, some <laughs> 40 years ago, he had no problem with it. But she, had, again, had a little problem with the fireball but i liked how it led to uh zybrook side saw coming she ducked hit her with a big head kick she tried to roll her up and then she wind up getting rolled up so it was like kind of a reversal of a reversal of a finish that i thought basically left off the page after we had this really really solid match again i love this match i thought again i thought this was the how good this match was when i was watching it live because i didn't know that the uh, main event i thought maybe went on earlier I thought this was the main event because it was that good. I had it four and a quarter stars. I absolutely love this match. Wow, you liked it considerably more than me. I don't get me wrong, it's a good match, but uh, I thought there was better matches on this show. Um, again, I agree with everything you've said. Um, the karma thing, I think, just make this you more make that your more aggressive side. Um, I think that would work instead of you know delving into the spooky shenanigans and things like that. That. I don't feel like there's a massive market for that in stardom. You know, there's no real gimmicks like that in stardom. There's no real gimmicks in stardom full stop, really. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, But either way, wrestled very well. Um, I gave it three and a half, so you liked it considerably more than me. Wow, yeah. Usually we're only like maybe a a quarter star or, uh, you know, right around a quarter or a half a star. That might have been, that might be a new record for uh, for the stardom cast there. Indeed. It's beginning of the end, mate. Beginning of the end. I'll um, say that. <laughs> <laughs> so the final quarterfinal match was our main event. Uh, the God's Eye team of Mirai and Tomoko Inaba defeating Wingori. Um, this was fantastic. This was predictably fantastic. Um, from the stuff between Inaba and Hannon, um, and then sort of moving from that mat wrestling and, you know, sort of seeking out reversals and submissions into just all-out bludgeoning warfare between Mirai and Sayurida. And it was always going to be interesting to see how Sayurida would tackle the much taller Mirai with the clotheslines. Oh, my God, there was not an issue in hell with that because Sayurida threw absolutely everything into those lariats on Mirai, especially in that closing sequence. That that tipped this over the edge from a three quarter three and three quarter stars match to a four stars match. For me, that final exchange between Mirai and Sayurida, in my eyes, this is one of the best of one of the best outings for Sayurida in a long, long time. And Sayurida's great. Um but I thought she did a really, really, really good job. And I think especially recently She's been overshadowed through no fault of anyone's, but she's been overshadowed a little bit by Hannon, who, you know, her progress has been fantastic. And obviously she's just come off the back of that really good uh, Future of Stardom run. But here I felt like she was the centerpiece. Yes, she took the pinfall. Fine. Many, many people have earned pinfalls from Mirai this year. Um, but overall, I thought the chemistry here was absolutely fantastic. And my only criticism is that one of them had to not go through to the semifinal. 
Yes, you had this at four stars? Yep. Wow, even though we were off so much on the last match, dead on on this one, four <laughs> stars. Yeah, you hit it right on the nail, my friend. Uh, yeah, you, you, a home run on the... Uh, on your review there because i pretty much have the same notes that yeah this match was fantastic but the one thing you have this wingory team who uh overachieved a little bit in the goddess of stardom tag league and there was two big booking errors that in my opinion they did at the goddess of stardom tag league obviously i think everybody knows what number what i'll say is number one and we're not going to get on that but number two rob and they righted it wrong here and i could be wrong the wingory Never came out to hand and steam at all in the Alice <laughs> Stardom tournament. And now, again, I'm getting ready for work. I'm getting my day going. I'm rocking and rolling. I'm getting my to-do list. I just watched this awesome tag match uh, that we just talked about. And the next thing I hear is that fantastic kind of theme. So I'm ready to go. It's Friday. I'm re- I got the beers in the in the beer fridge. I'm ready to, to get my work day going and then, you know, go home and have a drink or two. But uh they write it around. They got hand and steam in. That's the way it should be. But uh <laughs> what a way to start your day, my man. I mean, oh. unbelievable. Unbelievable. Who needs coffee? When you have, are you ready? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this match was great. You talked about, you know, Saeed pinning uh are getting pinned again, but she got pinned by Mariah. You know who else got pinned by Mariah the last six months? Julia. Mayui Watani. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a okay. They'll be all right. But Saeed, she is, you know, for the lack of a better term, the pin eater in stars. But she does such a great job building everything up. And it was, yeah, you had the really cool Hanan versus uh, 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 Inaba exchange. And, you know, I hearken back to their 15-minute time limit draft for the future of Stardom Championship. And I would love to see the two of them go back at it again. So it is really good, like, technical uh, exchange. And then Mariah and Saida come in, and they get tagged like they shot out of a cannon. And they start shoulder tackling each other. And just it just builds and builds and builds from there. But, yeah, this was absolutely great. Uh yeah, the one negative thing is somebody had to lose. But then again, you didn't want to see this to go to a draw, and then both of them get eliminated. So I guess they'll take the lesser of two evils. But uh, yeah, again, four stars. I thought this was great and a really great way to cap off, like I said, what is my favorite New Blood show. Um, that does lead us to our semi-finals at New Blood Premium, which is going to be the 25th of March at the Yokohama Budokan, like we mentioned. Um, the semi-finals stand thusly. Mariah and Tomoka Inaba will be taking on Amisori and Nanami. And then in the other semi-final, you've got Starlight and Karma taking on Mei Sakurai and Chan Yota. And then, of course, the final will also be of the same card later in the night. Um I assume, Matt, we did mention that we thought that it might be a Mariah and Tomoka Inaba and Starlight in Karma final. These brackets don't change that for me. I still think it's going to be those two teams in the final. Yeah, you know what the scary part is? Me and you agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, are we still in agreement that we think Mariah and Tomoka Inaba are going to win? Uh, let's, yeah, yeah, let's... I'm more, I'm about 80% sure that that's going to be the final. I'm like 60% sure that uh, the God's Eye team are going to walk away with the with the belts. I feel like with it being the inaugural belts as well, it would make sense to put them on a baby face. Yeah, there you go. Um, not to say, obviously not to say that it wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be a good thing to put them on heels. I mean, Grizzled Young Veterans were the first NXT UK tag champs and they're great, um, but they are also the heeliest of all the heels, so... You know, it does work and it can work, but uh, it'll be interesting, certainly. 
And then at the end of the show, you know, uh, they play Mariah's theme and everybody can uh, celebrate doing the Mariah clap theme, which I'm loving that theme as well. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I do just want to ask, and it, it might have been the way the show was mixed, but the crowd seemed really, I know there was only 307 in a room that can hold double that, but it did seem really quiet, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. There were certain ebbs and flows in the last two matches where you got a little bit of something. But the first couple of matches, it just didn't seem like anybody wanted to do anything. Again, it could have been the way that the mics were or how it was mixed or whatever. But, uh, yeah, it didn't really seem like they were coming up for much other than the, the false finishes in the last two matches. But they should all, every wrestler needs to take what Nene Takahashi has done into account. Because when she first came out, I was like, oh, my God, the reception Nene Takahashi's getting. Jesus, they love her in Tokyo. And then I realized... The cheering is part of her theme. The cheering is part of the music. I was like, I feel cheated. But also, that's really (laughs) genius. Exactly. That's what I was like. I was like, that's really clever. Like, why doesn't everyone do that? (laughs) Nay, nay. (laughs) Um, uh, Then the following day, obviously, Stardom did another show. Well, they actually had two, technically two events at uh, Takadano Baba with the awards show their own award show from 2022 uh from saturday the 21st of january 2023 the match portion itself selling out uh the bell sal takadano baba at 710 people um i'll run through the awards first and then we'll uh sort of talk about the matches um so in no particular order our stardom mvp was siori our best match was the Dream Queen the match between Suri and Julia from the 29th of December, surprising no one. Um, tag team was Meltier. Um, the Shining Award went to Tam Nakano. The Outstanding Performance Award went to Saya Kamatani. The Fighting Spirit Award to Starlight Kid. The Best Technical Skill went to Azumi. And the Best Unit Award to Stars. So... Obviously, Matt, the, you know, take these with a pinch of salt, but what did you think of these awards and what do you think of the winners? No problem with the winners at all. Um, again, we, when we did our Stardom Awards, I said when it comes to unit, you can literally make a strong case for everyone. The only thing is, and you're probably going to scratch your head when I say this, is I just don't understand how Meltier was Tag Team of the Year. Yes, I am the biggest Meltier fan, the biggest Tam and Natsupoy fan, but they were only teaming for like four months. I just don't understand how it wasn't like FWC. They're really, really the only consistent team that team. Now, you had Mike and Himika, but they really didn't have a lot of tag matches up until the end of the year because they were both, you know, they were both pushing them to get white belt and red belt matches, you know, other than maybe Momo and Starlight Kid. But, uh, I mean, Hazuki and, and uh, Koguma, to me, I think they were, they should have been the clear favorite to win tag team of the year because they were the only team that really had tag matches all year. But, uh, Again, anytime we see Tam win an award, I'm not going to get you know too bummed out. But that's that's kind of just what my only little kind of hiccup was like. Oh, they're only teaming for like four months in a year where uh, Hazuki and Koguma absolutely killed it for the entire year. But uh, other than that, yeah, I got no problem. Obviously, Shiri, uh, wrestler of the year. I think I had Sai Kamatani just edge her out in my own personal opinion. And Sherry and Julia, definitely the match of the year. One of the best stardom matches uh, you'll ever see. Period. Yeah, completely agree. With the Meltier thing, I do wonder, though, how much of it was, you know, yes, they've only been teaming for like four months, but, you know, in that time, they were champions. They've 
done all of this cross this cross promotional stuff with their single and things like that they've bought a lot of eyes to the promotion you know they're both very very popular wrestlers tam and natsupoi so i wonder if that's something to do with it as well as opposed to just outright tagging um yeah sing- single-handedly they put fifteen thousand people on that bushi road show that was i think it was single-handedly just them on their uh when they sang live uh double frontiers live so absolutely absolutely um <laughs> Let's kick into the results. I'll do what I did before and just read through the results and then we'll uh, we'll cherry pick some of the matches. Um, match one, they opened with the Future of Stardom Championship with Amisori, the champion, defeating Mei Sakurai with Like a Thunderbolt in 10 minutes and 38, making her second successful title defence. Uh, six-woman tag, the God's Eye team of Siori Mirai and Tomoka Inaba defeated the young Oeratai team of Starlight Kid, Ruaka and Rina, with Siori getting the win with the Suzaku, which we don't see that often now, in 9 minutes and 10 seconds. We then get a slew of triangle derby block matches. The Queen's Quest team of Yutami, Sayakamatani and Azumi moved to 5 points, defeating the Mai Himi with C-Team, who remain on 4. Yutami pinning Lady C with the German suplex in 12 minutes and 10 seconds. Uh, Rebel and Enemy moved to 4 points, having beaten the Club Venus team of Mina Zayish, Brookside, and Mariah May. Uh, they remain on four points with Mayu Yukihi getting the win with the brutal-looking whiteout on Zaya Brookside. Um, Prominence moved to eight points, defeating H&M's Momokogo, Hanan, and Mayu, uh, who remain on zero points, um, with Kurumi getting the pinfall with the diving body press onto Momokogo. Um, our last... Triangle Derby match saw so the seven-up team of Nene Takashi, Yu, and Yuna Mizumori moving to six points, defeating the gold ship team of Tora, Saki Kashima, and Momo Watanabe, who remain on six points in 12 minutes and 10 seconds. And then, of course, we've got the Julia Gorman match, which will go through person by person in a moment. Um, Matt, where would you like to start? Real quick, I just want to say that um, when they did the Goddess of Stardom Tag League and the the Five Star, they would put up the graphic with the points. And I really wish they did that for this because it just makes things a lot easier when I'm doing my notes. Um, But uh, hey, sometimes you just need to get yourself a Rob Goodwin that'll help you with that. So uh, thanks (laughs) for for that, buddy. Yeah, no problem. Um, I thought the future, what a guy. I thought the future Stardom match was a pretty good, pretty solid. What do you think of May Sakurai's new gear? Because to me, she just leveled up. With I mean, we talk about it all the time, and you talk about how you weren't a big fan of May Sakurai and still do not like the top rope elbow, which is uh, <laughs> we can do a whole podcast on that. But uh, we talk about how she gets better all the time. I thought she was solid here but with that new gear. To me, she just looks like she's just really coming off as like ready to break out as like almost like a middle tier star in stardom. I thought she looked great. Completely agree. Completely agree. And actually, my first note is how much May Sakurai has improved since her last shot at the future belt. Um, I feel like she's on a completely different level. The transition from her going from Cosmic Angels and, you know, concentrating more on the dancing in her eyes um, to Donna Del Mondo and just being no frills fighting, I feel like that has been a huge benefit for her. And like say, the new gear, she feels like a completely new wrestler. Um, I will openly admit that I... I'm not the biggest May Sakurai fan, and I certainly wasn't, but I cannot deny her improvement. I think 
she's had done a tremendous job. I think the five star really helped. And I think she was a really, really, really good opponent for Amisori here. I thought the two were able to go blow for blow. I thought it was funny that May Sakurai thought it was appropriate to go toe-to-toe with Ami um, in terms of striking. And unfortunately, that led to led to the downfall a little bit. But overall, I thought this is one of May's better singles matches. I think she continues to improve. Um, I gave it three and a half stars. Yeah, three and a half stars as well. And how funny it would have been if they showed Mike and Hinnika giving her instructions. Like, yeah, you can go to toe-to-toe with Ami. We do it all the time. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> um I want to talk a little bit about these triangle derby matches, obviously. Um, I alluded to it whilst we were talking about New Blood. I want to talk about this prominence in H&M's match um, because overall, I think this was an absolutely outstanding match. There wasn't a weak link in this match. I thought... I do question the person that gave Mayu the extra long tail. Do they not know who she is? Um, You know have a think she trips over her own feet giving her a massive tail as well is only going to exacerbate that um but i feel like a lot of emphasis was on hannon and momo kogo and those two really really delivered in their exchanges with the likes of suzu suzuki and risa sarah i thought that karumi was a really really good monster in that there was one moment early on where she did a double stomp on i believe it was momo kogo and they cut to mayu iwatani and mayu was just like "Ooh, that must have hurt but overall, I thought this was non-stop, really, really, really good action and showcased the improvement in Momokogo and how good Hannon is getting and how well she is able to hang with the upper tier talent and stardom. Yeah, you put over Hannon and Momokogo. That Mayu, she'll probably do pretty well as well. I think she's got <laughs> some potential. I think she'll be all right. But yeah, they're gelling really well. Obviously, I like how the prominence in the Triangle Derby matches, how they... How basically how they set their matchup. Like Suzu will start and then her and Risa, Risa will come in. Haragi comes in and she's like Mary, you know, the dominant monster uh, in the match. And then they'll go into like Suzu and Risa doing some stuff. And then obviously they'll give the other team, a, you know, the shine. They'll kind of go back and forth. But the way they build the finish when prominence comes in, and I, I literally just put notes here where it's, it's triple team dominance uh, from prominence, uh, where it's just, just, they're just beating the crap out of whoever it was. In this case, it was Hanan just taking move after move after move, just pouring it on. Uh, I just really enjoyed the psychology and the way that they've been building their, their matches up here. And obviously the uh, the stuff with Mayu and Suzu Suzuki was great. Absolutely but yeah, this was really yeah. good. Yeah, this was really good. I mean, it was really, really nonstop. And I liked how the fact, again, you know, Suzu Suzuki obviously is the star of this group. It's the reason why she's main eventing such a big show. Risa Sarah has a, a pinfall win on the final night of the former champion on Cherry on the five-star Grand Prix. But it was nice that in this sold out show that they gave Haragi the win here. And she's really, really, you know, you mentioned it a few weeks ago in the show. She's really somebody that in this tournament is really catching the eyeballs of, uh, of you and me as well. I think she fits in great with this group with Suzu and Risa Sarah. And it was nice to see that they gave her the win here. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned that exchange between Mayu and Suzu Suzuki. It was blistering. Um, even though it was, you know, disappointingly short on some, on, uh, on some levels, it was still brilliant. It reminded us that, I do want another Mayu versus Suzu match. Um, I gave it four stars, like I said. One of the best matches from this tournament so far. And I think H&M's don't be put off by the fact that they're 0-4 and have no points. They constantly put on really, really, really good matches. Um, The same can be said, actually. The Queen's Quest versus My Himi with C match. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this match. And 
having Lady C fighting with members of Queen's Quest really showed how much Lady C has grown since she's been a member of the group. Yeah, uh, just to go back, uh, you actually liked the last match before I more than I did. That rarely happens. I had it three and three fourth stars, but uh, yeah, this is great. Obviously, we'll go on forever about my love of Queen's Quest, especially the team of Azumi, Sayakamatani, and Utami, and I'm really liking Micah Himmick and Lady C, and they did gel very well together. And they gave Lady C a lot in this match, really taking care of their own. And I don't know if anybody noticed that, and the fact that how they had to put Lady C down. It didn't take the former Red Belt champion. It didn't take the uh, current high-speed champion. It didn't take the current White Belt champion. In order to stop Lady C, mo- mo- her momentum, it took all three of them. And I thought that was a great way to get Lady C over in this match. I mm. know, oh, yeah, by the way, Mike and Himika, they were really, really good as well. You know, the Lariat sandwiches. Uh, I mean, I so want to see a Mike and Himika versus you, uh, an Aphrodite match in the worst way. Obviously, they were in opposite blocks of uh, of the tag, the Goss Stardom Tag League. But uh, that's a match I would love to see, maybe like semi-main event of a Corkin show somewhere down the line. Uh, I, I, everybody here was great. I thought this was these teams just firing on all cylinders, and she had some really, really stiff shots. Late, like Lady C was just like, yeah, I'm going up against my own crew, and I'm going to take some liberties, but I know I'm going to get it back, and they didn't hold anything back. Oh, this is my favorite match uh, of of the show. I had it at four stars. Love this match. Yeah, I gave it three and three quarters. It was it was that and the H and M's match that really, really, really stood out on this card. Um, I thought that the Micah and Himika stuff with uh, Sire and Utami was great. Just lariats for days. It was brilliant. I thought Azumi did fantastically well countering the brutality and you know, hard-hitting nature of Micah and Himika with her speed. I think she just works well with everyone. And it, it does beggars believe sometimes that she is as young as she is um uh, overall i thought rebel and enemy and club venus was decent um another big 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 outing for maya yukihi that whiteout looks absolutely brutal matt yeah i don't even know like i did my notes i gave the rating and i was waiting for the graphic to come up to give me the time and what the name of that move was and i always put like okay is the name of like, how would I explain it to somebody? So then I wrote the word whiteout, and in my notes I have arm captured, cross face, chin lock while sitting. <laughs> I don't know how to – that's – I mean, if anybody else can give me a better uh, – Just rolls uh, off the tongue. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm like, oh, the, you know, the, I mean, Tomoka Inaba, I absolutely love her, but the fact that the name of her finish is one shot, one kill, Inaba kick or whatever, I'm like, yeah, that doesn't work. That's not going to go on a T-shirt. But, like, the whiteout, I'm like, okay, I'll remember that. That's easy. I use a lot of whiteout in my college days. I made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> sure, not a problem. But, uh, yeah, that's how I put it in the notes. That I'm probably going to retire it since the last time I'm going to say it. Arm captured, cross face, chin lock while sitting. <laughs> that's retired, folks. <laughs> the whiteout. Thanks for making that easy, Maya. But, yeah, she looked great here. You know, we talked about what's going to be the main event of New Blood Premium. I wouldn't be shocked because of the fact they want so many eyes on that show and they have a lot of seats to fill. I wouldn't be shocked if they do uh, Maya Yukiki versus Julia for the World of Stardom Championship. I think that would be the perfect place to uh, to really start getting Julia some uh, some successful title defenses, I don't think anyone would uh, would disagree with you there, or uh, or be disappointed with that if that was to come to fruition. Um, yeah, overall a really good match. I gave it three and a half. Um, I just want to talk about the semi main, and we talked about the booking missteps with Seven Up in the tag league. I feel like this was another one here. I don't understand why 7-Up needed to beat Oedatai here. 
I feel like even if Awetatai cheated to win, they should have won here. I, I don't see what 7-up gain from winning this. And it might just be me, and I might just be down on the whole 7-up thing. But I just... I, the perfect team to beat 7-up, because you, you don't want these going into the final because they're the goddess of Storm ta- um, champ, um, Tag Team Champions. Surely having gold ship who, you know, are on a roll and will cheat because they're Oeditai, surely they would have been the perfect team to give them that loss. I just, I don't, I don't really understand what 7-Up game from winning, Matt. Yeah, uh, I don't get it. I don't understand how they're just booked so strong to the point where just like, they've done such a great job booking all the champions this past, you know, I'm up and down the card uh, for the, the past 12 months. But it's kind of like, what are we doing now with the tag division? And don't get me wrong, their matches are are fantastic. Uh, you know, we talked about the final against Aphrodite and uh, the match at Dream Queen and with Meltier. And we know when we preview next week against Miami, that's going to be great. But it's like, they're almost on a roll as well at the Triangle Derby. And it's like, really? We, we got to keep giving them wins here? Um, you could have went to a time limit draw or double count out or like a big DQ thing it is. It is a widow tie, you know, a big brawling thing where it's like it gets really, really stiff and uh, the ref has to throw it out because it just nobody can contain themselves. You could have went that way. But speaking of stiff, how about my favorite part of this match? Of course, if you listen to this podcast, you know I like hard-hitting wrestling and you know how much I love one Mama Watanabe. <laughs> she did not hold anything back on you. And I don't mean you, Rob, or you, the listeners. Um, I hope Mama Watanabe doesn't kick you because uh, I need I need, I need a host for the show. But uh, – <laughs> Yes, she laid into you with some with some kicks. It's like, oh yeah, you want to come in my uh, company and win all these tournaments and take these belts? Now I'm gonna make you earn it. She just kicked the bejesus out of you with some brutal mid kicks, and then ended it with a, a head kick that Miracle Crow Cop probably said, "All right, let's let's take it easy here." I I loved it. And to be perfectly honest, obviously there's a little bit of history between uh, Momo and Nene. Um, dating back to Budokan and even before then, but uh, yeah, she. I don't know what you had done to Momo uh, Watanabe, but Momo was not at all playing here, and uh, it was it was so good because of that. I was really, really, I was really impressed with that. It was a good match, which makes it even worse. It's actually a really, really, really fun match. It's just the result really, really, really got me down because I just I don't see what there is to uh, to giving 7-Up another win because they are going to have to lose at some point. And looking at who they've got left, their next two matches are against My Himmy with C and Rebel and Enemy. Um, and I just I don't see them losing either of those matches, Matt. Uh, Mike and him? No. Wait, wait, when's the Mike and Himika match? Is that before the pay-per-view? 28th. Okay, so maybe... So they'll lose there and that'll build towards their pay-per-view match. Micah, now they don't obviously they don't have I mean they should they should pin Micah or Himika, one of them should pin Nene or or, or you, but I think that they're gonna pin uh they're gonna pin Hanazono. I I think that are not Hanazono. Uh, Mizumori. Uh Mizumori, yes, the pineapple girl, who I think is fantastic as uh, as the third member of the seven up group. But uh I think they'll lose that match because then it'll build up their tag title match coming up uh for a Supreme Fight just a little bit more. But as far as what happens with Rebel Enemy, I don't know. Again, if they're going to do what I think they're going to do, what I hope they do is by giving uh, Mayu Yaguki, who is my new favorite wrestler, uh, giving her, uh, you know, shotgunning her into a uh, title program with Julia. 
that you know maybe they do drop their next two. I don't know. You said it's not going to happen. I'm going to say it's going to happen. So I'm going to. You're saying they're going two and zero. I'm saying they're going to go zero and two, and I'm going to bet zero dollars. I mean, we did say that's about Meltier, to be fair. We thought that they were giving them that warm-up match at Corican so that they could get the, the beating of Meltier before the pay-per-view and then they beat him in both. So, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll wait and see. Let's talk then, Matt, about this, uh, this Julia Gauntlet match, um, this 10-person gauntlet, um, where she had three-minute singles matches against damn near most of the roster. Um, uh, Miyu Amasaki was, of course, supposed to be a part of this, but she was replaced by a mystery opponent. Um, I'll run through the 10 results, and then we'll just talk about the um, gone all as one, really. Um, super Strong Stardom Machine was the replacement. Of course she was! Um <laughs> Time limit draw in three minutes. Uh, Julia Kogamu was a time limit draw three, uh, three minutes, as was Tackler. The only person to lose in this was Hina in a minute and 57 seconds. If you're Hina, you must be fuming. Um, no, I, I'm going to put the, I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to put the Matt Turner positive spin on it. You ready, Rob? It. Here we go. Yes. So, so in three or four days from now, if I'm saying, Rob, name me all the 10 people that were in this Julia gauntlet. You're probably not going to do it. But if I say, Rob, who's the only person Julia beat in the gauntlet? You will remember. So the positive spin on this is <laughs> Hina's name will get remembered in the gauntlet. Continue, good sir. So I love the fact that you. <laughs> the good thing to come out of it is that Hina's name is a bit of trivia now. Um, <laughs> Hazuki, all of these then went to three-minute time limit draws. Hazuki, Tam Nakano, Saki, Natsupoi, which was really entertaining, Saya Ida, and then possibly the crescendo and best moment of this match, Waka Sukiyama. Um, there was loads of good things to come out of this match. Um, really enjoyed the Natsupoi exchange, which was sitting on top of Julian, slapping at her face. Hazuki came out just balls to the wall. We <laughs> we say this every time. It doesn't matter whether it's a Corican, whether it's a Eddie and Arena, or whether she's getting changed. She just absolutely goes for it and it's it's just always really really fun obviously you've got the history between julia and tam i thought saki gave a decent account of herself the julia and tecla chemistry was really really cool because obviously they're better not only good good friends but also um tag mates um and then of course super strong starter machine um uh, we wanted it to get a red belt shot unfortunately not quite um and then of course wakasuki armor you know, what a feather in the cap to not get pinned by the red belt champion. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Hazuki and, uh, boy, it's like, I think she's going to get a, a red belt shot. She was the first person to beat Julia in the five star in the main event of the first night. You can go off that and just build her up a little bit. But when I was doing the podcast solo back in the summer, I would talk about Hazuki mania running wild. But you just come to these <laughs> matches. And I think, I think I need to start bringing that back a little more. Cause uh, Hazuki Mania was definitely running wild here, but and this whole thing as a whole, I absolutely loved it for several reasons. So, so Julia wrestled roughly around a half an hour, and I talk all the time how Julia is very much like Ric Flair. By that I mean it doesn't matter where you're on the card, Julia is going to get that person over and then beat them, which and then turns, you know, like I always say, if you don't, you know, you build somebody up and then you beat them. We saw she did with Miyu Amasaki at one of the very first New Blood shows where she gave Miyu quite a bit in that match um, and made Miyu look really good. We talked about Hana going into the five-star. She had all these great matches with the Future of Stardom Championship. What's going to happen in the five-star? Uh, she had a great five-star, but I think her match with Julia 
was the best because Julia gave her a lot. And this whole entire, everybody, all 10 wrestlers, Julia gave a lot to. Not only that, I would have rather wrestled one 30-minute match straight through because you're only telling, like, one massive story, ebbing and flowing. You only have to ebb and flow with really, like, one style. Um, where she ebbed and flowed with 10 different wrestlers, 10 different styles. Um, not only that, but even when you have the break, you think, well, she can catch her, catch her breath. Well, if your body cools down, you need to warm it back up again. So the fact that she was able to do all of this in roughly 30 minutes, I thought this was great. Even like the Tam stuff, it's just like, you know, she's, okay, who's next? Who's coming out? Like, oh my God, it's Suzuki. Oh my God, it's Natsupo. And then, oh my God, here comes Tam. And if, if you go back and watch the whole Tam three minute, they don't do anything for one minute. Like they just stand there, stare at each other. And Julia goes to shake her hand. They're like, one minute has gone down two minutes. I'm like, oh my God, they're going to totally ruin this three minutes with Tam. And then once they lock up, it's like two minutes of like, don't blink because we're just going to drop each other on our heads. It was like melding the best two minutes of their uh, hair versus hair match and uh, their uh, final, the five-star Grand Prix on like 120 seconds. Um, obviously, the Hazuki stuff was really good. The I thought the stuff with Saki was phenomenal. And I'm getting, I'm liking Saki more and more every time I see her. I think she's the perfect person to put in that third person of the trio of Cosmic Angels, considering the fact that we don't know where Mina's going. You know, Yunagi's off and on. We don't know what's going on with Waka. I think that Saki's somebody that they should sign to a full-time contract and put into the third role of Cosmic Angels, because I thought she was great here. Her stuff with Julia was great. Um, she's melding in very well with Meltier. See what I did there? Oh, um, incredible. But uh, <laughs> obviously, uh, they get to the 10-person to walk, and she sprints out. I think like her and Hazuki were like, who can go to the ring first and hit Julia the hardest within three seconds? Because she waits for poor Julia. She's just gone through like 27 minutes. She's exhausted. She literally looks up and there's Waka yelling at her from the top rope and just blisters her with a missile drop kick. Uh, they go back and forth. Uh, she lets Waka kick out of the glorious driver question mark. Cause she didn't really kick out. She was supposed to, but she didn't. Um, but then Julia cuts that great promo at the end, really putting over Waka and then Suzu comes out. So uh, we had a lot of really cool things set up at the end of this. But I thought this was great. I thought you basically, if they were to have Julia defend the belts against all the 10 people she wrestled, you have a preview of what you're going to see. And this gives you hope, Rob, of Julia versus Suzu, or Julia versus Super Strong Star Machine for the red belt. Because we got a preview here, and I'm all for it. Absolutely. And I think, again, you know, any one of these women have a legitimate claim now over the red belt, apart from Hina, who lost. Um, <laughs> um, let's have a look then. I'm not going to ask you to rate this, Matt, because it, you know... I didn't. I didn't. I just thought no, it was great. Yeah, I, it's impossible. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was, it was probably the most fun on uh, either of these cards. And they were both solid cards, but this was just... Uh, it was really fun. I... I completely agree with you that she was able to sort of turn chemistry on with each of these three women and have a completely different match with each of these three women and tell three um, different stories as well. It shows how good a performer she is. Um, and uh, real quick, Julia in her championship gear with a championship belt. I mean, that just seems like it's 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 made, right? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There are some things that are just made. Mayu in red championship gear, Julia in red championship gear. It just works. So... Let's have a look at where we stand then now in terms of the triangle derby. So in red block, 
Shockingly, 7-Up are top, going 3-0 on 6 points. Queen's Quest have made a huge jump into 2nd place, going 2-1-1 on 5 points. Unique Glare, 2-1 on 4 points. Cosmic Angels, 2-2 on 4 points. Club Venus, 2-3 on 4 points. Barry Barry Bombers, 1-3 on 2 points. And then H&M's on 0-4 on 0 points. That's how Red Block... Um, lines up in terms of blue block we have got prominence who are four and one on eight points gold ship are three and one on six points abarembo god's eye are two zero and one on five points my Himmy with c are two and two with four points as are rebel and enemy classmates are one and two on two points and lollipop are propping up blue block zero and four on zero points um obviously these things will change significantly as we have got two more triangle derby dates over this weekend as you are listening so on saturday the 28th of january we are in chiba in the funabashi arena and we have the following card uh, we have the triangle derby match barry barry bombers versus classmates Seven Up versus My Himmy with C. Uh, Unique Glare versus Avarembo God's Eye. Uh, Queen's Quest versus Prominence. Yes, please. Um, Club Venus versus Gold Ship. Uh, Mai Wiwatani, Hanan, and Momokogo. H&M's taking on the Cosmic Angels team of Tam Natsupoy and Wakasukiyama in a six-woman tag. And then a three-way match. Uh, Rina versus Tomoka Inaba versus Hina. Some really interesting Triangle Derby matchups there, Matt. I'm very, very, very excited for Prominence versus Queen's Quest. And much as I uh, wasn't impressed with the booking of 7-Up in the previous show, I am actually really looking forward to 7-Up versus my Himmy with C. Yeah, those would be great. And um, since this is the official, unofficial Starlight Kid appreciation show, really looking forward to see Starlight Kid get in there with uh, <laughs> with the, the the three people, especially Sherry. Uh, from God's Eye. So that all looks really, really good. And then uh, Mina and uh, Momo Watanabe uh, probably kicking the uh, the heck out of each other. Yeah, sign me up. Oh, yeah, there's nothing better in life. Um, and then, obviously, the following day on the Sunday, we're in Gunma uh, in Maibashi in the Gunma Tota Green Dome. Um, and we have more Triangle Derby action. So H&M's will be taking on God's Eye, um, the Aberambo God's Eye team of Amisori, Mirai, and Suri. Um, the Cosmic Angels team of Tam, Natsupoy, and Saki will be taking on Classmates. 7-Up will be taking on Rebel and Enemy. Club Venus will be taking on My Himmy with C. Um, and then in six-woman tag team action, we have got the Queen's Quest team of Utami, Sayakamatani, and Hina taking on Momo Watanabe, Starlight Kid, and Rina. Uh, we've got the Barry Barry Bombers taking on Natsukatora, Saki Kashima, and Ruaka of Oedatai in six-woman tag team action. And then we've got a three-way battle to open them. Uh, open the show. Wakasukiyama taking on Tomoka Inaba versus Azumi. Uh, what jumps out for you there, Matt? Uh, did you say classmates versus Cosmic Angels? I did indeed. Yes, because we will see another Hazuki versus Tam Nakano uh, <laughs> drawing the line in the sand to see who's going to budge first. That whole entire show, 
The Saturday show looks a little bit better to me. The Sunday show obviously looks really, really good. But that would be the match I'd be looking forward to the most would be classmates versus uh, the Cosmic Angels. Plus, we get to see Saida beat up on poor Natsupoy, So <laughs> Inducting her into the Natsupoy beatdown club. <laughs> um, and that's us. Guys, we are done for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Next week, obviously, we will have the review of both those aforementioned Triangle Derby shows as well as our full Supreme Fight 2023 preview, and we'll be reviewing it the week after. Exciting times. Um, But thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We truly do appreciate it. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you are listening... Um, please leave us a podcast review. It really does help us be exposed to more people. Thank you to all of our patrons over at patreon.com forward slash the stardom cast, including Joey Gallagher, who is our newest patron. We really do appreciate it. Um, you can find us on social media anywhere at the stardom cast. You can talk to me on Twitter at, at real Rob Goodwin. Matt, where can they find you and sign us off, my friend? Absolutely, sir. If you want to get a hold of me, folks, any questions, comments, uh, anything you want to chat about, just let me know. Uh, you can look me up, Matt Turner OF, on the Instagram and the Twitter. Uh, if social media is not your thing, drop me a line on the email. The StardomCast22 at gmail.com is uh, the best way to get a hold of me if you want to go through via email. Uh, once again, folks, we cannot say thank you enough. Uh, Robin and I have such a pleasure doing this show and just the fantastic words that are said to us literally on a daily basis. It really means the world to us and just Makes us want to do this podcast, uh, make it even better each and every outing. Um, and like I always say, folks, thank you so much. It's not my podcast. It's our podcast because we're all in this together and everybody's different. Everybody's special. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.